into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Good morning. Today is November 1st, 2023. Welcome to November. This is episode 485 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, get Kerry, John De La Cruz, Marcus Kyler, Marcus Kyler, Leon Elliott, Kenyon, Izo, Jana, Sherry, always as as, uh, as delightful as Sherry is, TJ Zimmer, Eddie, Matt McDaniel, my man, Dream Logic, Lazaro, Stephanie, Tony Parrish, Marcus, oh, so many great people, Tina Tini with the blue badging, Raymond Napoli, Ms. Julian coming up from the great state up in New England. Love it, love it, love it. Guys, we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry you're going to get value here. Practitioners, how can you operationalize this information? I'm going to run you through it. Uh, looking to break in? What are these terms? What are these acronyms? What are all these threat actors? Don't sweat it. We got you covered. It's going to be wicked good, wicked fun. And the networking, all the people over here, so good. Uh, they're amazing. And uh, I'm telling you, 100%, networking is unfreaking believably valuable, as you will find out if you do it in the industry. Now, before we dig into the show, I do want to say holla, holla, holla. What's up, Jenny Housley, BSEC, Eric Taylor, the mods, loving it. Got my big fat coffee cup going strong, the Yeti, so it's going to stay hot. Although, I have, I don't think I've ever had a cup of coffee get cold on me uh, the way I drink my coffee. But before we dig into the show, I want to share a little bit of love with the stream sponsors, letting you guys know who they are, what they do, and letting them know that I genuinely appreciate the support. Uh, to allow me to bring this show every single day. Yes, BSEC Networking. Hey, what's up, Barricade Cyber Solutions? Did you guys know that Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done? Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that ransomware is setting records month over month the threat actors are getting more brazen they're taking advantage of all the chaos going on geopolitically you need a you know break glass in case of emergency at a minimum if not getting in front of these things so check them out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below also want to say much love to panopsi security listen panopsi.com 
Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program in your business goals. Thanks, James McQuiggan. You're the man. Get a partner who understands your program, your business goals, someone who can come in as a fractional VC. So here, here's the deal. Enough with the marketing speak. Like, why would you want to call Penobsi Security? Here's the deal. If you are working at a place and you're in InfoSec and you guys don't really have any kind of like strategic direction, not to say whoever's in charge doesn't know what they're doing, but if you need a little bit of help, you want a second opinion, you want some guidance, you want someone else to tell leadership what you've been telling leadership, literally. So like, I'm, I'm telling you guys, Penobsi Security can do a lot of great work, but sometimes like I've... <laughs> I've personally hired outside consultants and just told them what to say to my boss in order to get things moving in the direction I needed them to. I'm not saying that's the only service Penopsi can do, but if you need guidance, you need direction on an InfoSec program, think left of boom, give Penopsi Security a checkout. Penopsi.com, links in the description below. Also anti-siphon training, but more about them at the mid-roll. It is Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to be ripping into that in a hot minute. I want to remind you, A, I do not research or prepare any of these stories or lecture notes or whatever you want to say. My thoughts are my own, and they are on the fly. So you are getting rough, raw, rugged, riding low on a hip on a train bound for gory. Catch me outside. How about that? That's right. Catch me outside. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, episode 485, is worth half a CPE, a continuing professional education credit for you cert holders. So be sure to say hi in chat to document that you were here. If you're not sure what to say, I mean, look at all these wonderful people saying all sorts of amazing things, but holla, hashtag team live. If you're in chat, hashtag happy hump day. Seabright knows what's up. Hashtag team live like Emilio Garcia. Good to see you, Emilio. Hey, I want to also say shout out and love. I'm going to have, this screensaver page isn't going to work. They're running ads like every five seconds. And I'm, you know, even though it's a cool 80s retro 8-bit video arcade, Ain't nobody got time for turning around every two minutes for commercials. If you are on Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay in chat. I love my Team Replay people. I know you guys, some of you are asleep right now. Some of you got conflicting meetings and you haven't quite convinced everybody in the meeting that they should be at the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I hear you. I get it. We'll catch you on the replay. CPs are still good. The engagement's still high. Let's all have a good time. Hashtag Team Replay in chat. And finally... My friends, if today is your first episode, let me say it slower because you are you might be watching on 2X because you don't know what's what we're doing here. If this is your first episode, hashtag first timer in chat. We love our first timers. We got sound effects. We got emotes just for the first timers. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. John McClain knows what's up. Great Christmas movie. We're almost in the holiday season. Holler, holler, holler. So check it out. James O'Quiggan dropping a super chat bomb for 20 bucks after traveling over 10,000 miles domestically, five cities, eight airports, six presentations, four conferences, a partridge in a pear tree. It's nice to be home. It's short-lived because he's heading out to B-Sides Charleston on Friday. My man, can't wait. I will be there with James presenting. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat, James. Can't wait to see you in the low country. Now, guys, let me tell you, I know some of you have, hey, what's up, Steve Jean-Francois? Everybody, please. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome, Steve Jean-Francois uh, Jean for your first timer. Hey, um, so check it out. It is Wednesday, Steve, which is a special day of the week. And I know some people in the comments like will be like, oh, there's so much 
before the news starts on Wednesday. Well, guess what? This is what we do. It's all about good times, and uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously here. All right, so check it out. We're going to be going around the world, which is an absolute delightful activity. You, If you're new here, you're going to see what's going on. Check it out. Let me get my Daft Punk going, brah. All right, check it out. Worldwide Wednesday, the activity we're about to do is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use my promo code, SimplyCyber30, which is on the screen right now, and you will get 30% off your first month or first purchase. Um, there's a pinned comment on YouTube with a link to it. It's go.itpro.tv slash SimplyCyber. Let's go around the world, guys. So what's going to happen is in the next couple minutes, like in the next 30 seconds. Uh, hey, what's up, Jean? Jean Dodge Muaha, first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. All right, guys, I'm going to set the timer for two minutes. I'm going to ask you where you are. You guys are going to overwhelm me. I'm going to lose my mind pretty coolly. And then um, mods are going to clean me up. See if I can get the... See, I can't get the world map a little tighter for y'all, but... Let me see if I can do this. No. All right. That's the best we can do. All right. Here we go. Let me set the timer for two minutes. Let's go. Go around the world. Where are you at, people? Bangalore, India. Thank you, India, for being the first one online. Chai Town. Kevin Mitchell coming in from Chai Town. Florida. Tom Bishop always bringing Europe online. Appreciate that. What's up, Jupiter, Florida? Hey, Pennsylvania. Lithuania. Woo! Lithuania. We'll get you on here in a second, Lithuania. I know you're over here in, like, kind of Eastern Europe, Croatia, Italy, Germany, France. Uh, mods, we'll come back to Lithuania. And, uh, all right, here we go. Santa Clara, Nigeria, bringing Africa online. Love it. Western Africa. Good to see you. Hey, North Dakota. Love it, love it, love it. Steve Jean, first timer and bringing Canada online. Way to go. Hey, Colorado. I see you, West Virginia. Yeah, boy. What's up, Hotland? I love it. Uh, USMC Pendleton. Love it, love it, love it. Dallas, Georgia. Big Augusta. Connecticut. What's up, baby? Oh, Larry Love. Congratulations on the addition. New Brunswick, Canada. We got a lot of U.S. representation today. Very nice. Matt McDaniel bringing Texarkana online. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, Japan is online. Thank you very much, mods. Australia. What's up, Alex Goodwin? Hey there. Yes, yes, yes. France. I see London. I see France. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got... Oh, Chile! Woo! Yes, boy. South America, usually our toughest one. We've already gone around the world. Let's see if we can get greedy and hit Middle East and Central America. Saudi Arabia in the house. Thank you very much for bringing the Middle East. Guys, is Leonardo Nunez in chat? Can we get a DR representation? What's up, Miami? You hot. Antigua Barbados. Is that? That's in the Central America. Uh, where is Antigua? Come on, Antigua. Where are you? Nicaragua, Mexico. Damn it. Uh, Iceland. Whoa. Coming in hot. Rekashevic. Very nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Belfast, Northern Ireland. Yes, yes, yes. All right, guys. So check it out. I am super pumped. I am beyond pumped, actually. Let me put it that way. Guys, we went around the world. We got Australia, Japan, uh, and India for Asia, Saudi Arabia, Middle East, Nigeria coming in hot to bring Africa online. We usually have a ton of Africa. Um, Europe's online with uh, Italy, France, Iceland, Chile, whoever is the Chile person, I owe you an Amazon gift card. 
Uh, I've been trying to get South America online for a hot minute. And then obviously such a strong North American contingent. Love it, love it, love it. Well done, everybody. Super pumped. Hey, Brazil, I see you. Very nice. Antarctica B-Sec, come on, man. All right, guys. So check it out. I got one thing to say to you. I feel like this is the official sounder for going around the world successfully. Ric Flair, woo. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Uh, all, all kidding aside, we do have a good time here, but now it's time to get to a little bit of work. Do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. Take in the win that we just scored. And let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. Thank you all so very much for going around the world. Let's get to the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. I'm Rich Straffolino. Canada bans WeChat on government devices. The Treasury Board of Canada announced the move, saying that the country's chief information officer determined the Chinese messaging app presents an unacceptable level of risk to privacy and security. It also banned Kaspersky's antivirus solutions on the same grounds. The government said neither app compromised government data, but that access to a device's content represented obvious risks. China's foreign ministry said the ban lacked any real evidence and called it an abuse of national power. All right. So, I mean, obviously... Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of um, finger pointing and stuff. <clears throat> Here's the deal. So Canada banned WeChat, which is um, a Chinese-backed like messaging app. So the idea behind this is that Canada is saying, hey, we did some research and we discovered that there is some type of security risk, either siphoning of all the chat comments, uh, analysis of who's talking to who, wh whatever. Maybe maybe uh, you could put in like Trojans and backdooring the, um, the app itself. We don't know what research they did, but there's a lot of different attack vectors, right? You could attack the endpoint, you could attack the network, you could, uh, you know, um, quote unquote, attack the metadata, if you will. Um, you could actually compromise the integrity of the messages by changing messages in transit or making it so certain messages don't get received, et cetera. So there's a lot here. China, obviously, no no world power is going to be like, oh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> it was just a fun joke, though. The whole eavesdropping Trojan thing. I was just kidding, brah. No, no, no world power is going to do that. So obviously, this is a straight playbook of, we are banning this because of national security. We think that you are um, over overstepping, overshooting, whatever. Like it's not really a thing. Um, so that's what we're doing, guys. This is no different. The United States has banned TikTok for government uh, devices and stuff like that. The U.S. government has banned Kaspersky antivirus, uh, like back in 2017 uh, under Trump administration. So this this like banning of apps is not new this this is not new at all now i oh you could actually it's see you can see right here it says it in kaspersky again i don't prep these stories um but what i do want to point out is that this appears to be a you know two things one and i've, I've been saying it a lot lately you've got to pay attention to what's going on the on the macro geopolitical world power level right there's western philosophies and nato and now there's this uh, emergence and 
growth of something called BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They're adding a, a bunch of countries starting in 2024, including like Saudi Arabia, Iran, uh, a couple. Um, there's another like UAE, I think. There's like there's like two countries that have like deep, deep pockets. And then there's a couple other countries. Um, but my point is, there's this not only is there a decoupling of the United States and China from the global uh, supply chain, global economy, and like the um, sanctions around semiconductor technology and pushing all that, but um, Canada sides with the United States, obviously the five eyes, right? Like all the countries that basically speak English, right? So like they are, this could be a posturing. It's possible, really. It's quite possible that WeChat did not discover uh, or Canada did not discover something in the WeChat app, and they're just doing this as posturing. Uh, but if they did, here's the reality. If a national power, a first world national power, uses their intel capabilities to... Dude, I'm I'm serious. This is not going to work for me. Like, one more commercial and you're done, screensaver. Um, if, if they apply their, you know, security researchers and their NSA, whatever the Canadian NSA is, and they find something... This is not a private sector research company. This is not like Wiz Labs or, you know, salt security for API testing. This is a national power. They're not going to disclose their findings because that is intelligence that they can use potentially to, you know, weaponize and trick, um, you know, trick their adversaries. Right. So, like, here's the thing. In World War II, when the United States and the uh, United, more the United Kingdom than the U.S., but like when the Allies cracked Enigma, which is like what Germany was using for encrypting communications and stuff, when they cracked Enigma, they didn't hold a presser and they're like, "We cracked Enigma, we cracked Enigma." No, they didn't tell anyone because they had cracked it. Now they could intercept communications without the Axis powers knowing that their integrity of their communication protocol had been compromised. The confidentiality had been compromised. You understand what I'm saying? So Canada is obviously like, all right, we're banning WeChat because there's something wrong there, but we're never going to know. And because of that unknown, China can very easily posture and say, this is ridiculous, right? So that's what's up with this. I, I would not be surprised if the United States follows suit with a WeChat ban um, in the near future, like a month or two, all right? That's what I think. All right, let's keep going. 40 countries signed no ransom pledge. A White House official announced that 40 countries signed on to the U.S.-led International Counter Ransomware Initiative to not pay cybercrime-related ransoms. As part of the initiative, the alliance will create two information-sharing platforms about ransom payment accounts, one in Lithuania and another jointly run by Israel and the United Arab Emirates. The countries will also share a list of digital wallets used to process ransom payments. This alliance means the governments agree not to pay ransoms in the attacks. That doesn't impact private industry. All right, so a couple things. One, they mentioned Lithuania in that story. Uh, apologies to whomever's in chat from Lithuania, because you did say you were here for Worldwide Wednesday, and I flaked on lighting it up on the world map. I couldn't find it, and uh, I just I lost it. All right. Second of all, forty countries vowing not to pay ransom. Good. Okay. This does not mean that a private sector company in one of those countries is not going to pay. Threat Act ransomware, guys. Ransomware is freaking rampant. It's rampant. Where? Ooh, see what I just did there? Okay. So if you if these countries vow not to pay ransom, 
ransomware actors don't give a crap. They're just going to hit another victim, right? Now, this should trickle down. We see a lot of municipalities getting hit lately, like Spartanburg, South Carolina, Los Angeles School District, Minneapolis, Atlanta back in the day, 2017, in Baltimore. So you see these municipalities getting hit, and that would trickle up from the local government to the state government to the federal government. So you're not going to see those get paid, which is, unf I mean, it's kind of weird. It's like, what do you want to do, right? Like, if you don't pay, they're going to exfil your data and sell it anyways. If you don't pay, you're going to be down longer. It's going to be more painful. But at some point, oh, yeah, and Dallas just got hit again. I forgot about that. I saw that last night. Poor Dallas. If there's a story about that, we could talk about that, about... <laughs> When, hold on, I don't want to get sidetracked. R remind me of jawjacking about Dallas getting hit again. I have some serious thoughts um, around businesses that get hit and then clean up, but just get back to business. They don't actually fix the problems. By the way, shout out to my keynote speech at B-Sides Charleston this Saturday, where I'm comparing Game of Thrones and what you can learn about cybersecurity from Game of Thrones. I have an entire section about not doing root cause analysis correctly uh, and what that impact can be. All right, so anyways, this this isn't gonna slow anything down. Like, I love this, okay? You gotta put a line in the sand and say enough, right? When you get victimized, threat actors are gonna keep coming back to you and slapping you in the face, right? That It's just a fact. At some point, you gotta put your foot down. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a lot getting hit and not being able to pay the ransom. But at some point, if the well dries up, the threat actors are going to move on. That's one thing that's kind of consistent about uh, financially motivated criminals uh, or cyber criminals, but really financially motivated criminals in general, is if you make it so they... Enough. Enough! Freaking... Just a... Listen, so if you make it so they can't... Um like get money. They're not going to keep banging their head against the wall. They're going to pivot. That's actually one of the best parts about a threat actor is that they're very agile. They're very nimble. At the end of the day, they just want to get paid, right? Great cash, homie. And if they find out they're not getting paid, they're going to move on like 100% of the time because they're not into it for the lulls. They're not into it for the ideology. They're in it for the straight cash. And if there's no cash to be made, they move on. Now, the only way that this would work is if all countries and all private businesses agree not to pay ransom. And it would suck for, um, you know, three months, four months, five months, and then eventually uh, they would move on. But but it's it's just unfortunate because no, no business is going to be like, well, you're saying for 20 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand, I can recover faster. Every executive, every CEO is going to make that choice every single time. It's just, unfortunately, it's a reality, right? Because when you're talking to a business about business decisions, they want to make money now. It's JG Wentworth all over the place. It's their money and they want it now. And if you're talking about a two-week delay, that's unacceptable. Like, it, it, dude, the simplest way to put it, you're going to be down for two weeks, which is going to cost the business a million dollars. The ransom payment is 200000 Do that math. Nobody is going to make the choice to wait two weeks and lose a million dollars versus the 200 grand. Straight, straight point. Hey, what's up? 50, 50 subs from squad, uh, 50 squad memberships from Eric Taylor. Thank you, Eric. Wow. 
uh, also. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Boom. All right, let's keep going. People warns Indian opposition leaders about iPhone attacks. Several Indian opposition leaders, two journalists, and the president of the Observer Research Foundation announced Apple recently contacted them about being targets of state-sponsored attacks. Apple confirmed these notifications but did not attribute the attacks to any actor. India's IT minister, Ashwini Vishna, said the government will investigate the notifications but said the notifications represented estimations. Earlier this year, researchers found NSO group spyware on Indian opposition phones, and the Financial Times reported in March that the Indian government began looking for new spyware contracts. Yep. All right. So here's the deal. All right. I, again, I'm I try like hell. Sorry, Kennedy. I try like heck to. And by the way, if you are one of the you have to turn on accepting gifts on YouTube if you want to get one of these. 100 what did we just become best friends yep. uh eric taylor and, and barricade cyber melting the soundboard here with a hundred gifts uh sub drop so giddy up on that we're definitely going to check the emotes and see if we can add a couple here thank you very much eric taylor thank you very much barricade cyber and to all of you who are new newly minted uh squad members Welcome to the squad. Be sure to check out the emo tray on YouTube, as that's one of like the the main benefits of um of getting on the uh, squad membership is all the fun emotes. All right, guys. So here's the deal. I I try like heck to not get political. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a you know political analyst, geopolitical. I don't have a political science degree, right? But but so this story is around Apple warning, um political leaders in India of state-sponsored iPhone attacks. Now, there is really well-documented spyware that can be zero-click to get on iPhone devices, namely Pegasus software or Pegasus spyware. There's another one out of India I cannot think of at the moment, but there's another one. Um, well, here, Eric Taylor. That is, that is the uh, audio version of Eric Taylor. So, uh, but Modi, again, if you, if you know what's going on in India and I encourage you to do your own research, okay, do not, uh, do not, um, do not take my word for it exclusively. But if you look at what prime minister Narendra Modi is doing, he is taking a lot of cues from, um, like Xi Jinping of China and Putin of Russia I mean, they are in BRICS, first of all. Okay, so Brazil, Russia, India, China, okay? Uh, Modi is definitely in a power. He's definitely doing things that mm, you would help him stay in power. So for political opposition that is challenging Modi's uh, authority, or not authority, but like challenging his role as prime minister... Yeah, rain is the other one. Thank you. The other one, um, for spyware to be on their devices is not surprising. Guys, here's the deal. We could talk about, ooh, hold on, let me do this. Like, ooh, like privacy is really important to me. And like, I don't want people to know like who I'm talking to. Like, that's fine. Okay. But at the, at the, you know, global power level, Putting spyware on a political rival so you can know who they're talking to, know what their strategies are, get um, extortable information, get them to be intimidated, these type of things. 
that is that is um, nefarious and it's very very powerful. And as much as it sounds like a you know some type of spy thriller type movie, it's how reality works. Now this spyware, these Pegasus spyware, uh, which by the way I totally encourage you to go Google Pegasus spyware. There's a ton of information on it, um, and if you don't know about it, you should know about it. But it's supposed to be sold to law enforcement only, and it's supposed to be sold to governments who have an appropriate use case that aligns with like the ethics and moral code that Peg, uh, NSO Group has outlined. But in reality, great cash, homie. In reality, guys, freaking money talks. And NSO Group is a for-profit business. And if someone comes to you with, you know, two million dollars and says, "Hey, we want you to install this piece of software on this guy's phone." And don't ask any questions. Well, we're going to ask questions. All right, $3 million. Don't ask questions. All right, no questions asked, right? Like that's what's going on. Uh, so for Apple to warn that opposition leader, hopefully um, the opposition leader gets a new phone or gets burner phones or does some type of operational security OPSEC. But whatever, this is um, this is what it looks like when you when you weaponize technology to maintain authority, to maintain control. I'm not saying this is 1984 Orwellian style, but these tools are used to maintain power. I mean, that that's all it is, right? Like they're not doing spyware because they're trying to find out uh, like who, if he has like a crush on a different person in parliament, right? It's like, ooh, I know someone who likes you. I spent $3 million on a wicked, sophisticated piece of malware and I can see your text messages. No, it's more like, who are you talking to? I'm going to eliminate them. Who are you talking to and what are you talking about? When are you meeting them? I'm going to end that meeting. Like, who, like, what is your strategy for coming at me? We're going to kneecap that, right? Like, really. Real, like reality, real stuff is happening with this. And and obviously that's why it's so concerning. So be mindful of Pegasus spyware and rain spyware. Palo Alto Network buys Dig Security. Back in September, we covered reports that Palo Alto planned some major acquisitions before the end of the year. One of those shoes dropped with the security giant acquiring the Israeli firm Dig Security. No official word on the terms, but TechCrunch's sources say it cost around $400 million. DIG provides services to understand where organizational assets reside across clouds. These assets will integrate into Palo Alto's Prisma business. TechCrunch's sources say the company continues to work on a deal to acquire the Israeli firm Talon in a deal estimated at around $1 billion. And all right, so here's the deal. First of all, hey, really quickly, I dropped a link in chat. Compliments of BSEC and the mod team. Uh, if you want uh, Jack Recider over at Darknet Diary, it's a wonderful, wonderful podcast, amazing podcast. He did a story on NSO Group and Pegasus. So as I said, if you're looking to get a little bit more knowledge on it, I would recommend listening to that podcast. I'm sure I haven't listened to it myself, but based on all the Darknet Diaries I have listened to, it is going to be fantastic. All right, so Palo Alto a BDS in the um, cybersecurity market, especially around firewalls and networking devices, um, acquired Dig Security, $400 million. Actually seems like kind of a steal. Um, they're going to integrate it. Right now in, in the tech sector, in the security tech sector, there's a lot of um, kind of amalgamation of security vendors. The bigger ones have gravity and they're acquiring up 
you know, smaller ones that complement their portfolio. What, what do I mean by like that? I've said it before on the stream, Terminator 2, right? Stay with me. Terminator 2, the liquid Terminator guy gets frozen and he explodes, but he's in a metal foundry and that the foundry is hot and it, his like frozen metal starts melting and turning into liquid again. And then it starts, you know, it's like little drops and then it starts pooling, getting into bigger pools. And then eventually, you know, it turns into one super pool and he turns back into Terminator. And then he's like running after Schwarzenegger. Okay. That's what's happening here. Big tech companies are, are vying with each other. And because now we're getting this kind of holistic integrated tech stack, by the way, if you're breaking into cybersecurity or you're relatively new, like one to three years in cyber, pay, pay attention. Okay. Cause this is actually kind of a macro thing that's happening in the market right now in the industry. So it used to be like, oh, I like this, I like that, I like that. And now because of that, people are getting vertical tech stacks and people like Cisco are acquiring, um, like Cisco acquired like Cortex, I think, for their EDR and Duo for their MFA, identity and access management stuff. Cisco just acquired somebody else recently. I can't even remember. Um, PA just acquired Dig and... Um, um, they're going to get Talon. Uh, Cisco also got Umbrella back in the, you know back in the day for DNS. So uh, Microsoft, Google, okay, Google acquired Mandiant for IR. Google has acquired a bunch of different things. They don't have an EDR provider, but um, you just see in these things. And I'll, by the way, a lot of tech startups go out to market trying to get acquired um, anyway. So like this is all normal stuff. Um, so we'll see. I don't know of any experiences where PA buys somebody. Um, where PA here, yeah. Uh-uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh-uh-uh. So I don't know of any examples of PA buying someone and then they turn into crap. Um, there's kind of several documents. It's almost a joke in our industry when Cisco buys a product that it's time to run away. Oh yeah, Cisco bought Splunk. I don't know if anyone said it in chat. Yeah, Professor Black Ops, thank you. They bought Splunk, which is a SIM solution. So Anyways, the TLDR here is that you may want to, uh, this gets into like a, a CISO and, and budgeting and three-year roadmap type stuff. But if you're buying piecemeal type stuff, it's possible that your solution gets acquired by your bigger partner. And then you're going to have to deal with like integration type issues, especially like, let's say that you're using um, PAs here for your firewall and such. And then you're using, um, I, see, I don't know if PA has an EDR, but Let's say you're using, um, oh, what's a good example? Let's say you're using, I don't know, like, let's say you're using PAs for your firewalls and Microsoft Defender for your EDR and Splunk for your SIM, okay? Well, Cisco bought Splunk and that's going to go into their entire stack, right? And Cisco is running, uh, I think AMP is what they... It used to be called AMP as their EDR solution. So now maybe they're going to make native integrations for AMP and Splunk, which you could take advantage of and you know get a discount or whatever, but you've got like a three-year contract with Microsoft for Defender. So as a CISO, I know that this isn't true security, hands-on technical work, but just to make you aware, these are some of the things that a CISO needs to worry about, which is why a lot of people, when they become CISOs are like, ah, I can't believe I did this to myself. Like you need to look at the like the long term picture of what your vendor uh, setup is, what your tech stack looks like, what your contracts look like, what your obligations financially, what color money you're spending on these different things. Anyways, it's a whole it's a whole thing for a CISO conversation. But 
anyways, just be aware. This is really cool. The final thing I'll say, uh, yeah, oh yeah, Palo Alto has Cordex. Thank you as an EDR XDR. The, the final thing I'll say about this, and you guys probably already know this because I say it all the time, but guys, Israel, don't sleep on Israel. They make the small country. They make some of the best security technology. If you see a company that's like, sometimes they'll like try to like bury it that they're out of Israel um, because of like anti-Semitism and stuff. But like, if you see a, 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 a security technology company that is out of Israel, like it, it, to me, it immediately gets thumbs up, right? You, you'd have to prove that the product sucks. I go into it thinking, oh my God, it's out of Israel. Hands down, wicked good. Like there's been so many examples of really good security technologies that came out of Israel um, that they've, they've won the benefit of the doubt every single time. Love it, love it, love it. Now a word from our sponsor, Hunters. If your SIEM What's up? is causing an endless cycle, Marty Cobb Buttry, Marty Cobb Buttry, protection rules, and limited data ingestion and retention, your SOC might need an upgrade. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for your security operations team. Solaris Group, a leading German fintech, implemented Hunters to replace their SIEM, eliminating the burden of redundant detection engineering and manual event correlation. Solaris Group's SOC analysts can now focus their time and energy on higher value tasks. Visit hunters.security to learn how to replace your SIEM today. All right, really quickly, because uh, we are way behind on schedule because I, I lost my mind a little bit. Shannon GRC CyberGod. Passing the sec plus way to go, Shannon. Love it, love it, love it. Um, all right. Let's go. If it's your first time here, I see a couple first timers. We do this every time. By the way, how nice is it not having to deal with that ad behind me? Oh. All right, let's boogie through this really quickly. Guys, I want to thank all of you. If you're getting value from the stream, hit the like button for a hot minute. Thank you to the uh, show sponsors for the uh, regular sponsorships as well as the 100 uh, squad bomb Eric Taylor dropped a minute ago. Barricade Cyber and Panopsi Security also want to say shout out and love to Anti-Siphon Training. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high quality cutting edge education to everyone regardless of their financial position. They offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with the community in a fun, inclusive way. Check the link in the description below for anti-siphon training. Also on December 6th, just a month away, they are hosting their, I think, free Snake Oil Summit. It is a virtual conference um, on December 6th, 11 to 4 p.m. Good times. Check them out in the description below. Guys, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. want to say shout out. Lupe Peterman's got the baton right now. Lupe Peterman, longtime Simply Cyber community member, also holler, holler, holler at Lupe Peterman for her work in the GRC space. Uh, she is currently the baton holder for Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Here's the deal, guys. I say it every single day. Matthew just got his ISC2CC about to finish his Google cert and off to set plus. Boom, baby. Hold on one second. We just become best friends. Yep. Yes. We just become best friends. Yep. Nice, dude. Straight crushing it. We love the wins here at Simply Cyber. Uh, way to go. Way to go. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So here's the thing for the um, Cyber uh, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Lupe Peterman's going to tag someone in chat. Hopefully, is Lupe here? 
mods. Lupe Peterman's going to tag someone in chat. What's going to happen is that person's going to go on LinkedIn and share their cyber story and use the hashtag simply cyber community challenge. If you, if you, right, it's your first time here, you've been here forever, whatever. If you ask yourself, do you want to have a supercharged LinkedIn network that can deliver value and make your LinkedIn feed useful? If the answer is yes, listen up. Go on LinkedIn and search for this Simply Cyber Community Challenge hashtag, step one. Step two, connect with the people posting on that, with that hashtag. Step three, comment, this is important, comment on their post, okay? Then connect with the people in the comments. The next person who comes in is gonna do the same thing, except you're gonna be in the comments, so you're gonna get picked up. It's like recursion in programming. So, you will build five minutes a day, guys. Five minutes a day, and in two weeks time, you will have a much more robust, supportive, inclusive, network on LinkedIn. And by the way, you don't just have to pick whoever posted yesterday. When you search this hashtag, we've had over, I think close to 200 people hold the baton. So that is a massive network that you can immediately tap into. We built the Simply Cyber Community Challenge deliberately to enable you, if you want to build a really powerful cybersecurity, inclusive, supportive network on LinkedIn, that's all it is. This is a resource that we are providing to the community. And it's a way to like basically hack LinkedIn. So let's rock. Lupe Peterman tag someone. Oh, she's not here. Well, guess what? Two thumbs and a smile is going to tag someone if that's all, if that's okay. Holler at me if you are a uh, interested in the Simply Cyber Community Challenge because we would love to have you. Uh, mods, keep an eye on it. All right, let's keep going on the news because we're running a few minutes behind and I want to get the jaw jacking. All right, here we go. Under exploitation. Citrix issued a patch for this vulnerability back on October 10th. This impacts Citrix's Netscaler application delivery controller and Netscaler gateway, opening the door to disclosing information that includes session tokens that can be used to crack MFA. Security researcher Kevin Beaumont recently posted that it appears the vulnerability is now under mass exploitation, with many organizations seeing widespread attacks. Beaumont estimates that 20,000 instances have seen session tokens stolen. The takeaway? All organizations should consider unpatched Netscaler devices compromised at this point, and credentials should rotate to ensure leaked tokens no longer pose a threat. Well, all right. Here we go. All right, looks like Pamela Joshua is interested. Tito Cybertech is interested. Love it, love it, love it. Um, uh, let's give it to Tito Cybertech. Only because, not, no, no disrespect, Pamela, but Tito... Uh, jumped in first with the hands and then tag me, please. So uh, let's do this. Tito, Cybertech, Baton. And um, Tito, you just have to officially accept the challenge, okay? All right, guys. So here's the deal. Um, Citrix Bleed, which is a new term to me. I know Citrix has been uh, out there being an issue. Is there a vulnerability? See, this thing needs a logo, bro. We need a... Uh, oh, come on. Really? This is what we're doing? This is what we're doing. All right. So this is the logo for Citrix Bleed. Mm, I don't know. I know I'm a little bit of a, a vulnerability logo snob, but come on, bro. Like lazy, lazy. All right. So Citrix Bleed is out there. It's actively being exploited. Uh, according to Citrix, 
If you are running a Citrix Netscaler application delivery controller and a Netscaler gateway, again, I'm going to repeat this. If you're running a Citrix Netscaler application delivery controller and a Netscaler gateway, you should assume exploitation. Now, it's just an information disclosure bug. You really don't see 9.4 CVSS score very often, but it's an information disclosure bug. You don't get access to the things. Well, what's the problem? Here is the deal. And by the way, it's called bleed because it's it's leaking information. All right, they're, they're having some fun with it. The information disclosure. Yeah, that's definitely Kevin's. Um, the information that can be disclosed are session keys, API keys, these type of things, right? So the things that can be used as tokens to gain access. So what they're saying here is that these are under massive exploit. First of all, massive exploitation. Second of all, you should assume compromise. I'm wondering that um, you you won't be able to determine whether or not the exploit has occurred or not. Like there won't be any kind of residual um, indicators of compromise. So they're saying, listen, you need to A, patch your systems, right? Uh, you got to patch it, right? I think that's the sound effect, BSEC. Uh, you got to patch it. And then second of all, uh, rotate those keys, right? Assume those tokens, those keys are burnt. You cannot just patch and keep going on because threat actors likely have the keys and, and like they've basically made a copy of the key, right? Like say you leave, uh, what, what's a good way to put this? Um, oh my God. Say you leave like your, your keys in your car door, right? Like who's not done that a couple times or you leave your keys in your house door. You, you're, you're unlocking the door. You got arms full of groceries. You kind of figure it out and then you go in the house and you put the groceries down, but you left the keys in the door. Threat actors are basically coming by, pulling the key out, pushing it into a bar of soap, making a copy, putting the key back in the door, and wandering away. When you come out, you patch the problem by taking the key out of the door. No big deal. The problem is you need to rekey those locks because guess what? Threat actor, you know, Johnny Bravo down the street, aka Flaming Donkey, they have a key. So just taking the key out, just fixing the vulnerability, just locking the door is not going to stop anything anymore. You need to rekey the locks, aka rotate the, the, the session tokens, rotate the keys, burn all that down. It's going to suck, but guess what? And I hate to be such a peckerhead, but like you should have patched, right? Like, like, unfortunately, this is the cost of delayed action. This is the cost of working in cybersecurity, frankly. Maybe you, maybe you did have it set up for a, a patch window, a maintenance window or something like that. Maybe you didn't get approval. Maybe you didn't hear about it. Whatever it is, um, it sucks and you're going to have to uh, deal with that. Uh, two things to point out. They mentioned gray noise, uh, deployed a honeypot and showed that um, it was actively being exploited. The honeypot had this Netscaler thing on it. I like gray noise as a company. Uh, you should definitely... Um, Check them out. Um, it's a it's a really cool company. Here we go. Gray Noise. Uh, there you go. There's a little shout out for Gray Noise. I'm not affiliated with them, but I do like them. So we'll do that. Also, also, and this the, he hasn't done a lot lately or I haven't seen him. But guys, Kevin Beaumont, a.k.a. Gossy the Dog, he always makes these ugly, uh, like he basically does the vulnerability logos and he does them in MS Paint and he does this on purpose just to be like... Um, like funny and, and, and kind of make fun of uh, vulnerability stuff. But his, his, um, this is his blog, blog post. 
Um, he used to be huge on um, Twitter, but I haven't really seen him since Twitter melted down and became X. So uh, he may be on um, Mastodon now. But anyways, definitely check out Kevin Beaumont's, a.k.a. Gossy the Dog, blog called Double Pulsar. Hey, definitely worth checking out. Okay, let's keep going. Crypto theft tied to LastPass breach. The cryptocurrency researcher Zach XBT announced that they found evidence of $4.4 million in cryptocurrency stolen from over 25 victims directly stemming from the 2022 breach of the popular password manager. This comes from actively approaching victims seen on chain, as well as victims reaching out to Zach XBT on X. It's believed stolen password vaults from the attack are being cracked using GPUs to brute force weaker passwords. It's recommended that impacted users reset all passwords and move crypto assets to new wallets as a precaution. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. Threat actors. Remember, LastPass's vaults got stolen uh, a couple months ago. And the idea was that like, hey, um, you know, the passwords in the vaults were not compromised because the vault itself was encrypted. But there is, and, and people at LastPass couldn't decrypt your vault. Here is the, um, you know, the, the, the size four font, the little asterisk in the, in the uh, footnote that some people may not have realized. If your master password to your password vault sucked, guess what? Threat actors are going to crack it. Just the same way they crack access using Hydra to get into an SSH or get into anything. If you use a crappy password, for your vault, threat actors are going to get it. Now, they're saying they're using GPUs. Of course they are, right? They're just high-end grinding through. If you had a 12 to 16 character password that was not obvious, like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, right? Like if you had a decent password that was over 12 to 14 characters, 